Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at Checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome to episode 103, 103 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. Today we have a first on the show. We're going to speak to a ticketeer. Do you know what a ticketeer is? It's a cool name. It's someone who works at OTA Tickets. That's T-I-Q-E-T-S. Tickets are an OTA that focus on attractions and venues, doing a lot of great things in the industry. And we're going to talk today with Jaume Vidal. And Jaume Vidal is the regional manager for Spain and Italy. And I was curious to know how attractions and venues are opening up in those regions? What are they doing to reassure nervous travelers? Because whilst I know most of us are working in activities and experiences in tours, I know we also have a lot of attractions uh, that listen to the show, but I think we can learn from each other. It's the same thing on the daily brief that I send out. Very often I will send out a story about how a hotel is dealing with reassuring nervous travelers or what they're doing with Facebook ads or Instagram stories, because I think it's really important that we learn from other verticals within our industry. So um, you'll enjoy today's conversation. We, we talk about the reopening. We talk about reassuring. I also take the opportunity to ask Jaume about what life is like working at Tickets. All the show notes for today, uh, links, etc., can be found at tourpreneur.com forward slash one zero three. And welcome on to the Tourpreneur podcast, Jaime Vidal. He is the regional manager for Spain and Portugal at OTA Tickets. Uh, como estás or como estás? What's your uh, preferred language? <laughs> it's doing really insane. Thank you. I'm really, I'm really fine. I'm doing well. Thank you. Brilliant. Well, I want to congratulate you. You're, believe it or not, we're, as I said, 103 episodes in, and I believe you're the first person from Tickets to come on the show. I, I'm the first ticketeer at Tourpreneur? Yes. First ticketeer. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's an honor. <laughs> and, and I want to get into a little bit about life as a ticketeer um, in a moment. But first of all, I, I really want to ask you for anyone out there listening to the show, and bearing in mind we have listeners in over 110 countries in tours, activities, attractions, and experiences. Tell us a little bit about who tickets are and what you do. Well, tickets is the place where you can find a ticket for all the great cultural places in the world, all the cultural treasures, as we as we call them. 
So whenever you look for a ticket for a museum, for a monument, for a cultural attraction, you can find it in, in, in tickets, of course. Our motto is to offer more ways to, to culture. So that doesn't only mean entering a museum, but especially during the, the, the COVID pandemic, that, that motto has been very relevant because we, we couldn't go ourselves to the, to the museums. But still, we've, we've managed to make culture more accessible and to bring people more ways to, to culture by organizing, uh, for instance, our last uh, Tickets Culture Festival, in which we have great uh, live performances and, and tours with great partners like Casa Patio or the Abba Museum. I've heard Luke Elzinger, your former CEO, now president, your founder, I guess, tell the story about tickets and how it came about when he was in a line, I think, with his family. Maybe it was in Spain, if memory serves me right. And he was thinking, why, why are we lining up here? Why can't I buy these tickets online? Yeah, exactly. Some, sometimes it, it's such a hassle to, to buy a ticket for a museum when actually it should be something, something really, really quick and fast. So that's, that's what Tickets was all about at, at the beginning. When we say culture more accessible, this can be done in different ways, either by offering the, the best rate, by offering an, a seamless booking system, or by showing you hidden gems or treasures that you wouldn't have found otherwise. So I'm curious to know, you, you cover Spain and Portugal for Tickets, very important region in Europe. What's the latest situation there with regards to COVID and opening up the markets? Well, the, the two countries have been in uh, quite a different scenario. As you know, Spain was one of the, of the world's worst hit countries, and Portugal was one of the, of the less hit countries by the, by the pandemic. So the reopening time was, the official reopening time was more or less uh, simultaneous, but it was faster in Portugal because they, they had uh, controlled COVID pandemic pretty well. So Venice started reopening quite quite fast. In, in Spain, it's been a slower process. Museums and monuments have been allowed to start reopening their doors uh, since May 18. However, at this point, there are key venues in Barcelona that are still closed almost uh, two months after after the official reopening date. Because, of course, due to the lack of international visitors, they cannot guarantee that they can make it through, through an opening. Why do you think... Portugal fared better during COVID than Spain? I think they had a bit more time to see it coming and, and probably they took action fast. Uh, no one can deny that. I mean, they closed their doors when they, they hadn't even reached uh, 100 cases. Right. But the situation in Spain was quite similar to, to Italy. We had a, a widespread of the, of the pandemic. It caught us kind of off guard. Italy at the beginning, I think, looked like an exception in, in Europe, and then Spain came right afterwards. And I think that's when most countries said, okay, this is serious, we need to close also in Europe because it's, this is not a, a, an Asian thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So in terms of some of the major attractions and venues in Spain and Portugal, what do you see them doing in terms of reopening? What are they doing to, to reassure nervous travelers? Because we're all nervous right now, especially with an attraction, right? When you think about... If you're going to go out kayaking or rafting, you're outdoors, but, you know, but to go into an actual building, what are they doing right now in terms of reopening to reassure travelers that they've taken a lot of the, the steps to sanitize the place, etc.? So for venues now, communications is, is key, and we're seeing uh, some great examples of communications. So do you know Casa Patio, one of the buildings by Antonio Gaudi here in Barcelona? Yes. So they created this, this video with astounding safety measures 
And really, the, the place looks like the NASA. The, the security measures they implemented are just fantastic. And, and for instance, this particular venue has the ability to turn obstacles into cool things that you actually want to see. So uh, a year ago, more or less, they had to re, uh, remodel their facade. And they had a scaffolding for lots of months, which is something that pisses you off. You don't want a scaffolding when you go and, and see a monument. But they turned it into something that you could explore, that you could get onto, that allowed you to, to get different views of the house and, and, and the city. That was pretty cool. And they've done the same now with, with a great video about their security measures. So you actually say, I want a city in place. And then you go. But uh, so in general, all venues are uh, even over communicating the, the security measures they are adapting. So launching videos with people visiting the venue, with less people, with their masks on, with the gels, with, with everything they, they have in place. And of course, also they are doing uh, a lot of special promotions for residents, both in the city, in the country. We had a, a very successful case in, in Lisbon with the Oceanario which is one of the most important aquariums in the, in the world. They declared, for instance, June Children's Month. So Portuguese families could bring their children for free to Oceanario to discover the place at a time when there are less tourists and therefore is, uh, is safer and less crowded. How are you seeing the attractions market to, to local markets? It, uh, it's, it's kind of difficult. Sometimes locals uh, don't feel the urge to visit the attractions because they are always in the city. So it's not like when you travel, for instance, maybe I travel to Paris, I'll be there for three days and I, I need to do all I can in those three days. So it's, it's a difficult time for attractions because they need income, they need visitors, they depend on locals and locals don't feel the urge to go there. And now it's summer, which means that the days are really nice outside. So, so why should you go uh, to, to a museum? So that's a big challenge. Sending the right messages to locals and tell them now it's time to discover your city. And, uh, and we're trying to do that uh, uh, at Ticket. So we're uh, reinforcing our approach to locals. We're also working together with the venues to replicate all these communications also in Ticket. So we've developed a feature that allows us to replicate the security measures, the special promos for, for residents, even new pricing tools. So if they have a special price for residents, we can also replicate that on tickets and, and, and help them in this, in this mission to get visitors back. I, I've often joked on the show, and I'm quite embarrassed to say this, considering you know I've worked in tours and attractions for so long that you know I lived in San Francisco for almost three years and I never went to Alcatraz. <laughs> can you believe that? I'm sure many people like you, of course, because you, you're there and you say, I'll do it, I'll do it uh, one day, I'll do it one day. Yeah. But, but exactly. So I think challenges to saying to all those people that say, I'll do it one day, do it now before it gets crowded again. Now it's a good time to, to discover it is a fairy tale. Take a day off from answering emails, telling your team what to get ready, or manually entering info across sales channels. Actually, Take many, because Checkfront will help manage your bookings. Guests book and pay however they want. Your team has the tools they need to operate smoothly, and your calendar always stays up to date. Now, what will you do with all that extra time? Checkfront, one booking platform, limitless possibilities. Find out more at Checkfront.com. So a lot of our listeners are tours and activities, and I know you specialize on, on venues and attractions, but are there any lessons that you think we could share with people who are leading tours based upon what attractions are doing right now to reopen and reassure nervous travelers? 
I, I, there's, there's been a lot of debates inside the venues. Of, of course, venues are limiting their, their capacity, allowing only groups that know each other from, from outside. So, of course, reducing the size of the groups. But what for tour operators, I think it's very important to talk to the venues and convince them that, hey, you probably need to control the people inside the venue more than ever. Uh, you probably want to fix itinerary. You probably want to keep groups together. And, and having guided groups inside the venue only helps uh, towards that. So many venues are indeed banning groups when I think it, it, it's a good opportunity to, to control your capacities, to have some someone leading a group inside the venue and saying you need to go this way and that way and guide them from the entrance until they leave. So I, I would like to see more venues allowing groups and, and helping operators in, in, in that sense. I think it's like anything else, right? It's like the pioneers. Once someone goes to a museum, so I'm a big fan of Spyscape in New York City. I actually booked my ticket with tickets when I went there last. Uh -huh. And I had a great time there. Now I'm like, do I really want to go in there when it's, you know, closed environment and COVID? But if someone said to me, oh, last weekend I went to the Spyscape and they've got this new exhibition and it was really clean. They were constantly sanitizing the place. There was no more than five people in one room. Once we start hearing that from some brave travelers, then I think it'll become you know, normal. That, well, they went to that museum and that family's okay. And I, I think we're just waiting on that. There was very resilient travelers and bookers to, to actually go into the museums and attractions. Yeah, that's why we're organizing more editions of, of the Culture Festival. We did a couple of weeks ago where, as I, as I said, people were able to live uh, live experiences from venues that were closed. But now they will be open. So if the theme on the first festival was showing the, the closed venues of something that is very unusual, now we will get the chance to, to show the, the first days of the venues running up again. And the message we want to send to the world now is that people can enjoy culture in confidence because venues are the, the first ones interested in returning to normality. So they are all doing a great job in, in keeping their visitors safe and ensuring that the visit to the venue is, is done with all guarantees regarding health and security. They, they have the biggest challenge right now in our space, without a doubt, um, biggest challenge. But I was pleased to see, for instance, this morning that the Beatles Museum in Liverpool is now open. And actually, I think it was on your site. The, the tours for Liverpool's football ground is now open, which is big news up there because they've just won the Premier League. How is it for Barcelona and Real Madrid? Are, have they reopened their stadium tours or are they, are they, are they waiting? Yes, they did. They reopened. They, they also reopened with, with uh, special promos for, for residents. So it's also a good time to, to go and see their, their clubs. In the case of Real Madrid, they have an additional challenge because they just started to work in the stadium. But also, it's a good time because also thanks to the changes they are doing, for the first time, you're able to get a panoramic view of the stadium. And of course, this happens not once in a lifetime, but once uh, maybe every few decades. So it's also cool to see how such a big place refurbishes and changes because it will never be as it was. And how is, and if you can't talk about this, it's fine, but how is tickets now focusing on marketing towards local? Because traditionally you're working on bringing international visitors into Barcelona and into Madrid and, and booking the So I imagine for all OTAs out there right now, where it's mainly local markets that are, are booking, you know, how is that changing things for you guys? Well, we have a, a great example of, of how we're doing this. And at the same time, how we are 
helping the, the venues. We, we launched a recovery package at the beginning of the reopening process to help the venues get up and running again. I, I'm sure you're aware about uh, Antonio Gaudí, the, the most famous architect here in, in Barcelona. Uh, of course, his, his buildings in Barcelona are very famous, but he also has some hidden gems outside. And one of them is called El Capricho. It's in the north of Spain in a small town called uh, Comillas. So, for instance, this venue didn't have an online booking system in place. So we allowed them to borrow our, our booking engine. Yeah, so it's, it's basically a, a smart checkout that we implemented in, in two days. So usually implementing a, an online booking system takes weeks because you need to yeah. adapt systems, etc. So thanks to our technology, they were up and running in two days. For the first time, they are able to accept online booking. Uh, they can manage their capacity so they can know how many people will go to their doors. And at the same time, having these kind of smaller venues in, in small towns is helping us reach more locals. So thanks to the tools on our recovery package, we are helping venues be more reachable. But at the same time, we can reach more people and we can allow them to enjoy promotions. Or another, another really cool thing we're doing is for museums, we not only sell tickets, but we explain what temporary exhibitions are happening inside the museum. So we periodically change the temporary expos because those are the most interesting for the locals. In the end, if you live in a city, maybe if the museum doesn't change the content, you'll go there once. But if they have cool temporary exhibitions, they will go once every three months or every four months. So we actively communicate those temporary happenings to the locals. Yeah, something I haven't really thought about. Of course, tours tend to be quite static. They change with seasons, but museums are changing up their exhibitions. And, you know, especially for repeat visitors or if I'm on business in New York, I always try and go to an attraction or a venue. So I, I can see the advantage of that. I wanted to ask you right now. So tickets, how many employees do you have worldwide? It's hard to keep track, but I think it's around <laughs> 200 because tickets have been yeah. growing a, a lot in the in the last year. So Changes yeah. continuously, but I think it's about 200. Great. And for people who are listening, we get a lot of people listening to the shows who want to work for an OTA as well. What's life really like as a ticketeer? Like, how long have you been at Tickets? I've been at Tickets for a year and a half. Before Tickets, I, I used to work for the Barcelona Tourism Board. Okay. So what's it like being on the other side of the fence now? It, it's been a big change. So Barcelona Tourism Board is, is, an, is an institution uh, yeah, yeah. Still, for being a, an institution, it's quite dynamic. But moving to tickets was was a big thing. A ticket is a, a roller coaster. When one thing, one day you're doing lots of things, maybe the, the next day is quieter. But there's always something new going on. What I love is that we are really trusted, and, and we can do our own plans. Like we do hold responsibility for for the region, and that's what I love most. So it's, it's, it's a very dynamic environment. It's really cool. Yeah. And I know you actually, believe it or not, have some opportunities available, employee opportunities, and people can find that over at tickets.com, T-I-Q-E-T-S.com. So you're a regional manager for Spain and Portugal. How many are in your team? Four. We're four. Four. Yeah. And what's it like managing? So I guess you're managing remotely. You're all working from home. Uh, no, now for uh, a month almost, we've been back at the office, two of us. Okay. Because another colleague lives outside the city and, and she has a, an hour a train ride every day and she prefers to avoid that for now. We have another colleague that has a small kid, so she also prefers to, to be at home for, for some more time. 
but there's two ticketeers already in, in the office. Great. Well, I really appreciate I know you guys are busy now more than ever getting bookings in for attractions and venues. Yeah. So really appreciate you coming on the show and being the first, the brave ticketeer, the first one to come on the Torpener show. I hope there will be many more. That's the honor, Shane. Thank you. Thanks a lot for, for your time, for your interest in talking uh, with me. And whenever you want, I'm happy to repeat if you don't find any other ticketeers. thank you very much you're welcome thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast be sure to visit Torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode this is Torpreneur